Get to Old Navy, two days only, today and tomorrow. Get a full 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Shorts, tees, leggings, all Old Navy active is 50% off at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 825 to 826, excludes in-store clearance. SRN, Survival Radio Network. How's everybody doing? Okay. All right, Jeff. Well, hey, we're glad you're able to join us today. Uh, I've mentioned it to the audience uh, about the fact that, uh, you know, Aretha Franklin and the, the Queen of Soul legend, you know, of course, passed away. Uh, she, for a lot of us, uh, we some of you may know that she passed away of pancreatic cancer. And it is worthy to note that pancreatic cancer uh, is not one of the 
uh, well, no cancer is really good, but the one-year survival rate for pancreatic cancer is about 20%, and the five-year survival is about 7%. This is according to Dr. Otis Brawley, chief medical officer of the American Cancer Society. So oncology cancer is what I do every day. A lot of the cancers that we see every day, actually, we can treat. We can actually do something about. Pancreatic cancer is something that we can still treat, uh, but the, but our results haven't been that great yet. But the issue with this is that Aretha Franklin, even with pancreatic cancer having a lower survival rate compared to other cancers, she survived nearly eight years after her diagnosis. So not only was she a legend within the music realm, but she was, in my opinion, as a cancer survivor and cancer fighter. But last week, Jeffrey brought us uh, some music to the show, and that kind of changed things around and gave and made the show a little lively. So I don't know, Jeffrey, you have any, any favorite tunes uh, or a, a favorite tune by Aretha? As we stated last week, uh, you know, we all need respect. So, and that was probably her <laughs> number one song. So that's one of my favorite uh, Aretha songs. I mean, it's hard to choose when you have such a great right. repertoire of music. Uh, you know, we did a little Freeway of Love and some Who's Zooming Who. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I also talked about her being in the movie and, doing think so you know it's just a lot of good reflections on her music career and her legacy yeah yeah i think uh um it's one of those and the other thing jeffrey um uh all last week i'm a, i'm a, as as you are as well i'm a satellite radio uh subscriber and i forgot which channel it was i think it's the soul town channel uh, I think they're still doing uh, all Aretha Franklin songs. So as I'm driving, I'm listening to some listening to songs that I know, and I'm listening to songs that I don't know. And I and I'm just surprised that at so, a lot of the songs that I did not know that I'm just becoming aware of are just excellent uh, uh, examples of, of musicianship and and um, you know her voice. Yeah, Sultan is on XM Sirius, and they, from uh, one of the advertisements, uh, they'll be playing all Aretha's songs until after the funeral. Okay, great, great. Uh, uh, Jeffrey, did you get any information regards to when is the funeral? No, I did not get any information on the uh, on her funeral. Yeah, so I have nothing to. Uh, I don't want to put out any misinformation. I don't right, know right, they, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We want to be correct here, and you're right. I haven't seen anything either, so that's why I asked. But I'm quite sure it's coming up soon. Uh, now today we have a we're going to have a great show today. Uh, we're going to be um, talking with Dr. Elsie Johnson about his book, uh, "Still a Soldier." And this is a great example of leadership and excellence. This is a story of, of a Christian, a military, educational, and civic leadership. Uh, in this book, Elsie offers many tools that lead to a healthy lifestyle and adds to the overall health of his community, government, and educational surroundings. And the beauty of this, uh, and I, Jeffrey, I know you know Elsie uh, quite well, the beauty of this is, uh, uh, Dr. Johnson is an octogenarian. He's in his 80th decade, and he's still providing uh, great examples of leadership uh, here uh, uh, on this great earth that we have. Uh, yes, he is. It, it is. You know, I always kid him about, you know, he's usually when I call, hey, I'm in a meeting, I'll call you back. And I call mm. him the hardest working retired man I know. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. L.C. Johnson, and we're going to learn how to serve and how to improve and increase and make our lifestyle healthier. So don't touch that computer. We'll be back. Stay tuned so that you can be informed. 
If your company needs a voiceover professional, call me at 646-504-1376. I'm Dane Reed. That's 646-504-1376. I'm there for you when you need live announcing for events, company voicemails, commercials, professional voiceovers for important videos, voicemails, and anything else your company might need. Call me at 646-504-1376. Interested in doing voiceovers? I also do consultations. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop, too. You may have heard the phrase, deals are done on the golf course, but do you know how that happens? The book Nine Holes, Nine Goals will provide hole-by-hole guidance on what to do and mistakes to avoid during a round of business golf. Pre-order your copy today at NineHoles9Goals.com because closing deals on the golf course is no longer just a phrase. You can do it too. SRN Survival Radio Network. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to the Weekly Wellness Show here on the Survival Radio Network, network with over 1 million downloads. I am your host. I'm honored to be your host, Dr. Aaron Williams. Before we went to break, we talked a little bit about our last week's show. I encourage everyone to go back and listen to it. We did a little um, uh, dedication to Aretha Franklin, but we also went in depth talked about pancreatic cancer so go to the weekly wellness show um fan book page on facebook and we can go ahead and um do a nice review with regarding to that uh jeffrey our producer just informed me that dr Josh hasn't hasn't made it to us yet uh so we'll uh continue our conversation uh regarding leadership uh, you know, Jeffrey, uh, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King, um, <laughs> our beloved fraternity brother, one of the quotes that I like from him is that he said that all of us can be great because all of us can serve. And I think this is a, a prime example uh, of uh, LC mm-hmm. uh, with that. But I think all of us need to take some type of leadership role with regard to uh, our our health. Any thoughts on that as far as us being proactive? Yeah, because, you know, when you're younger, and I think we went through the things that you should do with different age groups as far as maintaining your health. You know, when we're younger, and I'm not dating myself once again, you kind of have the, you know, nothing's going to happen to me mentality, you know, but as we age, you know, we kind of find out uh, that there's certain things we need to do and take a leadership role in and maintaining our health. We have to get our annual checkups. Uh, You know, we have to do certain things to make sure that uh, we keep our, it's not only just our bodies, you know, a lot of things are related to how, how much physical activity we have, our spiritual nature, and other things, that stuff all has to be a balance. So we need to take uh, a proactive a choice ourselves rather than wait on someone to do it for you. Right, yeah, because I think, uh, you know, we talked about with the pancreatic cancer. Uh, you know, one of the reasons that pancreatic cancer is so detrimental is the fact that we diagnose it late. A lot of times that's not necessarily because of the patient's fault, uh, mainly because and I talked about this last week, um, uh, the fact that, you know, we get this thing kind of late because the symptoms show up late. 
And so it's kind of one of those things we got to uh, really be proactive in and kind of go from there. So I think it's uh, one of those things. It's one thing to lead, uh, you know, at, at your job and lead at, at, at work and, and doing other things for other people. Uh, but I think that uh, you really need to take leadership in your health, uh, and that helps us, particularly as healthcare providers, with regard to this. Uh, the producer, Jeffrey, has now let me know that LC has made it in, uh, so that we have a good thing here. For those of you who don't know uh, LC Johnson, uh, you know, he has been through four distinct tours of duty during his eight decades on this earth. LC was, has brings a, a plethora of experience uh, to uh, the country that we currently live in. His first tour of duty uh, was uh, in, growing up as a son of a cotton farmer in southern Mississippi. Uh, he grew up during the times when there was a, a lot of rumblings regarding the civil rights movement. And he heeded the advice of many elders and to, by joining the military, which brings him to his second tour of duty. Uh, he was in the Air Force. He served for 20 years, and there he learned how to manage good services. And more importantly, he learned how to manage people, and he retired as an Air Force Master Sergeant. After that, he decided to get into the arena of education, and he used those skills from his military and quickly developed a reputation as a no-nonsense educational leader, and which is his third uh, tour of duty. During that time, uh, when he was rescuing trouble schools, he earned a doctorate in management. And after an extensive great career, he eventually retired in 1998, but he just could not sit still, went back to work, but not necessarily punching a clock, but being of service in his community, which brings about his fourth tour of duty, which is civil and social service. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show Dr. L.C. Johnson. Thank you, Dr. Williams. It's, a, it's an honor to address your audience from uh, here in Peace Street Corners, Georgia, where I live with my wife, Gracie, and our little dog, Oscar. I'd like to start by telling you a little bit about how my how the book was named and how it it is arranged. We, when I say my co-op and I, we chose the title Still a Soldier because I have not ever stopped serving, even during my short retirement. I got too bored and found myself looking for assignments. I guess from the time could help around the farm, I was busy staying busy into your elder years. Keep you healthy. I wouldn't say it keeps me young, but it keeps me healthy both mentally and physically. Each chapter <laughs> in, in the book begins with at least one Bible verse that applies to the subject matter in the book. Not quite devotional, but something to consider as you read each chapter. The words of the Bible have served to guide me my entire life and helped me develop tools of my trade. It adds to my positive, positive and hopeful outlook on life. Each chapter in the book has most valuable tools at the end. The most valuable tools applies applies to the chapter and what I learned during that particular time in my life. These tools are part of a sort of mental toolbox I use every single day in my life. Still a soldier, as you are uh, introduced earlier is divided into four distinct uh, tools of duty. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and that four distinct, uh, like I started out earlier, we talked about your home front. And so, uh, yeah, I spent some time in Mississippi, LC, and, uh, you know, uh, I had a lot of um, premonitions about going <laughs> to Mississippi uh, when I first started practicing medicine, but. You know, after I got there, I found there was a, it was it was it was a lot of warm people there, and a lot of good people that are still good friends uh, to this day. And I'm quite sure that Mississippi was kind of like that when I was growing up. But I would dare to say I know that the, that that the uh, the time that you grew up in Mississippi was was totally different. There was a lot of things going on. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what was the 
what was the the, the climate at that time um, in uh, Mississippi? Well, during that time, as I was as I was growing up, let me just back up just a teeny bit. I was born and raised in a place called Flora, Mississippi, and mm. and as a result, as a result, I had an opportunity to interact with a lot of cotton farmers, uh, Caucasian farmers. So I was well respected by both the blacks as well as the whites because I, I was not a, uh, having a trouble, trouble life, attend the church on an ongoing basis, maybe two or three times uh, a day on a Sunday. So I had the moral comfort, com- compass as a result of being raised by two wonderful people, my mother and father, Lee and Matilda Johnson. We had most, more than most people in our community because we had a car, we had television, had lots of food, lots of activities that would in, in, instill in me the avenues that I would follow throughout my adult life. Now, I'm not saying because uh, that I was a, a wonderful young man, but the civil rights thing was beginning to really flourish. And my math teacher, let me back up. I attended uh, Burgess High School uh, in, in Flora, and the principal of it, the school was named after the principal, Mr. Robert W. Burgess. And Mr. Robert W. Burgess had entered into the NAACP program, and he was, I guess, beginning to do some, make some, some um, inroads into having people have opportunities to speak and what have you. But he was told that he needed to resign from the NAACP, uh, and if he did not, I guess there were some other choice words that uh, uh, followed that. But to make a long story short, going back a little bit, my math teacher, Mr. McMillan, from a place called Canton, Mississippi, he suggested to me that the way things are going as we're speaking and as we're moving forward, it would behoove you to just as soon as you can to get out and from Florida and go into the military. He had been in World War II, and he suggested mm. that I may want to go into the Air Force because I would not see combat, but how far, how wrong he was. Mm. But anyway, I took, <laughs> I took that advice, and I went to the military, and I went to the Air Force, and like you said early on, I served 23 years, 22 days, and 20, uh, 23 days, and two months in the, uh, in the Air Force. And from there, I had a very broad uh, travel. I served all over the world. And the most place that really caught my, what really caught my, my attention to make me want to make sure that I was doing the right thing and doing, helping other people and I'll, I'll begin by talking about South Korea. I was stationed in South Korea, and mm-hmm. as a result, the property level there was great, and, and I had experienced some of that growing up around me, people not having things that they needed to have to survive. So that really, really uh, brought a light to me, spot, put a spot in my life and in my heart. And one of the things that uh, I was able to institute was, along with some other airmen, that we would go on the weekends and mentor and tutor young uh, young Koreans in uh, English. That brought to to the notion that I needed to expand my horizon in education as well. So I started doing things that uh, would facilitate those, those thoughts. And, and I, right. I would say that education as a means to a healthy, happy life means a great deal because you get a lot of uh, interaction with other people from various places and various cultures. I'm quite sure, Elsie, uh, that was very uh, rewarding. Here you are, uh, <clears throat> going, you know, going up in those times uh, doing the, doing the movement uh, when a lot of rights uh, we was, you know, a lot of people we were still fighting for. Uh, but just give an opportunity to go around the world and, and, and uh, you know, you were finding yourself, hey, here I am, a guy from Mississippi, but I'm all the way in Korea, um, you know, uh, helping 
children, orphans, and outcasts uh, learn English. And I'm quite sure that was something that really um, uh, became very exciting uh, to you. Yes, that that is correct. But one of the things that I'd like to uh, move forward with is one of the tools, my third tour of duty was in, in the education system. And just by luck, going through my education uh, process, I enrolled in, in a place in Altus, uh, Altus, Oklahoma, Altus Junior College. And from that, mm. I was interacting with a lot of people that was in probation, working in probation, and I guess I must have been doing a pretty good job because they suggested that maybe with the recidivism that it would behoove me if I went into the school system, which I did. I went into the school system. I started out as a guidance counselor, uh, elevated mm-hmm. to an assistant principal, and from assistant principal of a middle school uh, to a principal of a middle school. And as a result of that, I was, I was noticed that some of the great things that I was doing, mm-hmm. that I needed to become a principal. So I was promoted to a principalship. Actually, it was a co-principal with a middle school uh, principal. He wanted mm-hmm. me to bypass being an assistant principal. He wanted me to become a principal. And as a result of wow. becoming a principal, I was promoted to a, uh, a high school and that was through the efforts of a guy by the name of uh, Dr. Rudolph Crew. Rudy came from Boston, and as you very well know, Boston at that back in the day yes. was a very, yeah. very, very racial uh, place. But anyway, mm. he became the superintendent in Sacramento, and as a result, he promoted me to an area superintendent, which I had about uh, 15 elementary schools, two middle schools, and uh, I'm sorry, five middle schools, and two uh, high schools. And as a result of that, the school was located located in a very uh, low-income area, and things were just going on. There was fights and all kinds of misbehavior. Mm. And anyway, I went in and sort of just changed the course of the school. People that the enrollment was low, people did not want to have their children come to that school. But anyway, we went in and I started interacting with uh, community, business people, uh, and was able to put a damper on a lot of the bad things that were going on. I'll I, I just speak right. this briefly. Well, when Dr. we Dr. had Before football you games and basketball games, any, anybody uh-huh. was coming in. And, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I want I want to I want to get into this because uh, I want to I want to I want to go ahead and take a break now. But when we come back. I want you to get deeper into how did you how did you get into these tough schools and turn things around? Because and the reason I ask that, Dr. Johnson, is the fact that we're dealing with a lot of that today, uh, not only in our metropolitan areas, uh, and everybody seems to talk about the problem. But nobody seems to have a remedy for the solution. So I want, I'd like I'd like to get your uh, uh, expertise as to number one how you did that, and number two what recommendations would you give somebody today. So uh, if you don't mind, we'll go ahead and take our second commercial break. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned so that you can be informed. a content creator, social media socialite, influencer, or simply love to record current events, you need the joystick. The joystick is an essential tool for every type of digital content creator. It holds two or more mobile phones or tablets, 
allowing users to stream and record hands-free on multiple apps simultaneously. And it's lightweight and portable. For more information or to purchase your joystick today, visit our website at www.joystick.com. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN. We do radio. The S-R-N. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to the Weekly Wellness Show here on the Survival Radio Network a network with over 1 million downloads. I am your host, Dr. Aaron Williams. Today, our guest is Dr. L.C. Johnson. We're talking about his book that I really think everyone should not only read but use as an example. Uh, the name of the book is Still a Soldier. And we were Before the break, we were going through his life. We were going through his tours of duty, growing up in Mississippi, uh, coming in, going through the Air Force, and then later into the educational arena. And Dr. Johnson quickly grew a reputation of being a no-nonsense educational leader. And I wanted to, I wanted to pause on that, Dr. Johnson, as I mentioned before the break, because I think, again, the problem today is that we hear about a lot of problems in in our school system, but you have a reputation and record of uh, of being able to solve some of those problems. Well, and you was getting into some of that, you know, as to how you did that. Shall we say you start you 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 started a conversation with the with the with the stakeholders involved, the people had been going, stopping at the lockers and doing things in, be, in between changing classes. So I immediately, during the summer, when I knew that I was going to be the principal there, I went in and had all the lockers removed. Uh, I gathered with the union. Uh, as you probably know, California is a very unionized uh, uh, state. And I met with the unions from the SEIU as well as the teachers' unions, and we talk about that we need to change the, the, the face and the atmosphere of, this, of the school. So I changed the environment. The, the school is located in a, a very uh, inundated with car dealerships. So I went from dealership to dealership and say, hey, I know you don't want your cars vandalized, so we're going to work together. Will you work together with me? And they agreed that we could work together to solve that issue. The second part of it, wow. we had a lot of businesses there, uh, Smart Sacramento Unit, Unit, a lot of business that wanted to be supportive of the school. So we worked out some agreements that we would use their equipment, the cars, et cetera. And as a result, people were given summer jobs during the summer. So that was one of the things that we turned around uh, at this particular high school. It was a, wow. uh, the tool of the, of the it was the cornerstone of, of turning this school around with some of the things that I just briefly highlighted. But a lot of this stuff is brought out in, in the content of the book. So if, if you have a chance right. to read it, whatever. Right. And now, now speaking of the book, I, I understand uh, uh, you, uh, you had a co-author, uh, Beth, uh, uh, 
And was she able to join you today? Yes. I am here. Okay. Best so best of uh, Okay. <laughs> How are you? All right. Do you have any Good. Welcome to the show. Uh week we on the show. We're so glad you're able to join us. Um and I and and so as as co author, um what what was some of the uh obviously you saw some things in in Dr. Johnson's life that really needed to be brought out and and which, you know, uh, kinda uh resulted in the production of this. But, you know, we've we've covered the first and second and in the middle of the third two of duty. What were some of those things that you noticed about uh Dr. Johnson's uh life and dedication to service that you know, what were some of those things that made you say, Hey, this needs to be this needs to be in print. Uh, it, long story made uh, uh, tolerable. I met him while I was writing for a newspaper, and he was receiving a Salvation Army Award for doing the most good. Um, he had, had won several local civic and social awards here in the county that we live in, in Gwinnett. And it was very clear the more we got to talk that there was more to the story that it had started early with him in flora and not running from the civil rights but making a real smart root move and and removing right. himself from a place that wasn't so great and then with that he just kind of got onto education and how to get people to talk to one another and he referred to everything he had with him as tools in his toolbox which is how we started writing the book. He just looked at me one day and said, so what are you doing? And I said, I think we should write a book. And he said, I think we should too. So that's what happened. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, yeah. You know, I think a lot of us go through life. And, uh, one of the things that we can do with our legacy is to uh, record and Let's, uh, even though we are uh, maybe long gone from this earth physically, uh, the words and things that we put in writing, and of course now with today's social media, um, even audio and podcasts and these kind of things are are out there almost forever. So it's a great thing that you were able to help him capture some of these moments, capture some of these me- these uh, these memories and therefore provide future generations with examples of leadership. Uh, but, yeah, let's go ahead and continue in this third tour, tour of duty, uh, which we're into the educational phase. Um, uh, so you mentioned you were in California, but I see you, you were not only in California but in several, several cities. That is correct. That is correct. Tacoma, Washington, and also mm-hmm. uh, the, the New York school system. And let me let me just uh, highlight this. Mm-hmm. If you remember the if you remember the movie uh, "Lean on Me," I think it was. Uh, yeah, that was, that's what this. <laughs> that was sort of. I think they copied from me as to what I was doing oh, really? in California. But but but, but anyway, uh-huh. to to move forward, as a result of of this book, it will leave a legacy as a training guide for many educators young people, uh, mature people that I think will long after I'm gone on to the uh, other land or the other place, that it will be something will be left for people to uh, capitalize on. In fact, I was just looking at something, a, a certificate from the Attorney General during the time that I was in California, and he is currently the uh, he's a congressman from uh, California now, and I got a certificate of appreciation from changing that school in California. That uh, David Lundgren, Lundgren, he's he's a, a uh-huh. congressman now. But anyway, I had a chance to interact with him and some other professional people that what we were doing. When I say we, uh, Rudy Crew and I were doing in California. They brought us across the country from Washington State to New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudy Crew is currently the president of the college there in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. But prior to that, he was uh, in California, uh, Florida, Washington State, and in each place that he went, I went with him. So we were a team. Right. Right. 
So I guess one of the cornerstones of your approach is, uh, like you said, you deal with, you, like you did with the car dealers. Uh, you you got you focus on all the stakeholders involved. You just didn't focus on the students, but you focus on the community in which those students lived and spent their lives in. Right, that is, that is great. Correct. So yeah, I, I agree. I think this book can be used as a as a as a guide, uh, if you will, to how to handle some of the problems. And that's why I wanted to expound on that a little bit. Uh, you know, my mother was an educator. A lot of my family members were, but they would always come home and talk about, you know, <laughs> of course, how bad some of the kids were and how how some of the processes were not necessarily effective. But I love to hear solutions. Uh, with regard to this, but this leads us into your fourth, what you call the fourth tour of duty, Doctor Johnson. Can you tell us about tell us about that? Uh, yes, the fourth uh, chapter in, in the uh, in the book is my community involvement. I'm involved in numerous uh, uh, boards here in my my county, uh, starting mm-hmm. with the hospital board, uh, as well as the De- development authority board for for the county of uh, Gwinnett, along with um, I'm very involved with the Tuskegee Airmen, even though I'm not an original Airman, but uh, my military uh, afforded me the opportunity to interact with the uh, 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 that organization, wonderful organization. And one of the, I think one of the prize, prizes, if you will, that we were uh, unincorporated uh, city of, Part of the county, I should say, and I was very, and I am very uh, involved and instrumental in this, this, the city of Peachtree Corner to becoming a city, which is one of the uh, largest, larger ones in in, in uh, this area. So I serve, like I say, serve on a number of boards: the hospital board, the city development authority, and also for the county. And another uh, place that I served is with the uh, Salvation Army. We have a program called the Home Sweet Home, where we uh, house people that for no reason that they are, they lost their, their houses, uh, homes, or whatever, their livelihoods, and they have children. And we try to not put them isolated or put them in one little uh, borrow, if you will, barrel or whatever, if you will, but try to keep them separated from that to make them just interact with the regular, regular school system. So that's. Hey, so so you know you, yeah, what I like about what your this uh, this fourth uh, tour duty approach is that um, being a citizen, and I think it encourages people that if you are a citizen of this community, uh, you are somewhat obligated. Number one, not only to vote but also to get involved. Uh, so to so some of the listeners out there, uh, Dr. Johnson, what would, you know, let's say we, you know, someone, uh, what are some of the boards you think that, well, number one, that actually, you know, take ordinary citizens and want their viewpoint. You're like, you know, for example, I know a lot of the professional boards, uh, for example, in, in medicine, in, in my field, well, they have, of course, doctors on that board. But they also have one or two seats for, you know, a citizen who is not a physician because they always want to get the uh, the the uh, a sense of the community. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, hospital board. You mentioned Salvation Army. Are there any other organizations that one in the community that's listening can go out and be active in? Oh, most definitely. Uh... There's a lot of opportunities for volunteers. They have we have, uh-huh. in this county, across the country, really, a need right. for people to vote, make sure they vote, make sure they become involved in, in the community uh, uh, politics. They don't have to be rebel rousers, but they can certainly go to meetings and right. express their opinions <laughs> and start a PTA, uh, uh-huh. start a group that they're going to uh, encourage people to become involved. They can volunteer within the schools. They can volunteer in other avenues of, of, of a county or, uh, or community. And certainly uh, you want to continue to ex- express the unity of, of, of this nation and of our country. So I, I think those are the mm-hmm. things that we really need to do. Right. 
Yeah, and you know, before you came on the show, I, I was talking with Jeffrey, and I quote, I like one of the King, one of the quotes from Martin Luther King, and one of them is, "All of us can be great because all of us can serve." And I think, uh, and so that brings out, you don't have to necessarily be uh, a um, well-known person in the community. Uh, you can uh, be a person just going about your daily business, but still take an interest in some of those areas. So I encourage everyone out there, you know, if you don't like how your uh, child's education is going, uh, you don't like uh, whether or not the, uh, the the county or city is not picking up the garbage on time, I, I, I encourage you to, yes, complain, but also uh, to serve, as in, you know, see how you can be uh, active with regard to this and therefore have some type of impact uh, in 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 your own community, and you can start in your community, and who knows that may lead to uh, something being on a broader level, uh, such as um, you know state or 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 even nationally on a national level. Now, uh, Dr. Johnson, I know Gwinnett County uh, reasonably well. Uh, it's a quite diverse uh, county, uh, which is one of the beauties of uh, that part of Georgia. And I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I think you've mentioned the fact that, you know, Gwinnett County represents about 180 countries with more than 100 languages. How do you get all those people together and communicate? <laughs> By listening and not having one, one idea but many ideas and not just stick to, to one tribe but mix up your, your, your relationship with different tribes because that's what it's all about. It takes it takes a whole community to raise a child. So my my notion is that by being active, volunteering, giving your time, giving of your time, certainly of your resources, and communicating with people from different different cultures. We have about a hundred and some odd languages here in in the uh, in this area. And I'm beginning to notice that there's a little bit more assimilation than perhaps when I moved in 20 years ago. I'm seeing things that's, that's beginning to, to change, but it's not changing as, fast, as rapidly as it can, in my opinion. Right, right, right. But I, I think uh, this kind of uh, example uh, is uh, that you've written here in Still a Soldier is, is something that, uh, we can probably uh, use as 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 a guide. Uh, I, I'd like to ask Beth a question uh, with regard to this, Beth. Um, you know, now that you have helped to you've co-authored this book, um, where where you know, sound like this this book is needed, um, particularly among uh, some of our community leaders and educators. Wh- what may what are some of the ways that you all have? Plan or do you plan to to uh, get this book in the hands of of these leaders and educators? We have enjoyed tremendous support from the local government and from the school system. There is a mentoring program through the Gwinnett County Public School Systems that uh, Elsie has become involved in through people he knows with the Boy Scouts and people he knows through a variety of other. Uh, boards and activities that he's involved in and what we've ended up doing is getting those books into the hands of the mentorship program which got it into the hands of the teachers which then in turn got it into the hands of those who lead classes so kind of going through the schools we we've gotten a a good uh, response which has led to a second edition that we're getting ready to come out with um, and has led to Yes, Elsie's son, who is an actor in California, we, we, we can't name where he's at sometimes, but um, okay. he just, just finished voicing the audio book for us. So getting that into the hands of other leaders that are local is, is one thing, but getting it international through an audio book, which is the one thing that we have been requested, has been requested of us over and over and over again is, can I listen to it? Can I listen to it? Yeah. And we weren't sure what to do about that, but Daryl Johnson, LC's son, 
was the perfect choice. He's a professional voice, and we mm-hmm. ended up doing just finishing up the recording sessions for the audiobook. So we are moving forward and getting it into the hands of more leaders in the method that they like to listen to, which is audiobook. Right. That is excellent, Beth. That is excellent. Uh, you know, we're 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 in this on-demand uh, kind of world today. Uh, you know, I don't want to date myself, but back when I grew up, it was only three channels: NBC, well, CBC, C, CBS, NBC, and ABC, and you might have a few independents. Now uh, there's a hundred channels, and this has even progressed onto things like Netflix and 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 uh, that kind of environment. And so people want to listen to things, they're busy, and uh, it's, I guess it's one of the reasons we do this with the weekly wellness show. Uh, we record uh, live, but we also have the show available on podcast so people can listen to it. So I think you're definitely going to reach a lot of folks uh, with the audio book and that um, audio format. Uh, so I think that's a that's definitely a great move. Um well, Dr. Johnson, what what are what is your opinion uh with regard to the importance of awards and accolades and celebrations um with regard to continuing the legacy of uh leadership in education in all these areas that we discuss? My my notion and response to that is to awards and accolades, they're wonderful, but they only can go so far. One of the things that I, I strongly advocate is breaking bread together and not just one tribe together, but many tribes coming together to make a difference for the betterment of our communities. Right. Yeah, a lot of things can be solved with just some some dialogue and and uh, and, and faith. As you mentioned in some of your writings here, uh, you know, in the world of uh, being online and virtual communication, uh, you mentioned the fact that face to face contact is even more important. Uh, I, I think you had mentioned that this is even more important than when it was when you were young. And yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm assuming you're saying that because a lot of – are you saying that because, you know, you, back then we didn't have all the internet and, and, and social media that we that we have now? Right, right, right. And and I would – just to add, add to that, with all mm-hmm. the uh, things that we have that we can communicate with people, different people – and the key thing is citizenship and ownership. If you own something, then you're going to protect it. But we need to really right. think about how, how we can develop and own different things, businesses. And, and we really need to work on the, the family, the, the family fabric as well. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that is missing, that we need to uh, work with our citizenry, citizenry to try to get more young people involved in uh, face-to-face contact uh, from different different walks of life. Right, right. Yeah, you remind this reminds me of uh, you know I took citizenship class, less like a lot of us did, and uh, you uh, learn about you know the legislature and the three. Uh, you know, different branches of government and all that. But I think some of the politics over the years has discouraged a lot of folks from doing that. But I think through your example and through this book, you it's kind of like a reminder that, yes, you know, uh, a lot of things are going on, but you can still be a participant uh, in this process. And you don't have to sit on the sidelines and watch TV and and wait to see what somebody else is going to do uh, with regard to this. Right. Right, right. I agree. We need to make more young people become stakeholders in what's going on in our cultures. Cultures. Right. Right. Now, um, you mentioned the Salvation Army. Um, 
uh, I think there was a certain program that you've been involved in uh, there. Yes, it's called uh, Home Home Sweet Home, and we have these units kind of scattered around. We just don't isolate them and put them in one one community. They're kind of scattered around. We give them training on how they need to manage their, manage their budgets and those kinds of things. And believe it or not, it's just not people that are downtrodden. There are some people of upper level that for whatever reason they fall on hard times. So we work with different groups of people to try to get them stabilized and get them back on their feet so they can be productive citizens. Hey. And I want to ask you about one of my favorite organizations, the organization that I was part of. That's the Boy Scouts. <laughs> I think that was a, a for me in Macon, Georgia. That was a great organization for me. It introduced me to a lot of things I probably wouldn't have gotten into. Uh, you know, we did camping uh, in the winter as well as the summer. We learned about citizenship as well as leadership. I understand you've also uh, might have done some work with them as well. I'm continuing to do some work with them, and one of the issues that I have, and I, I watch it and survey it, is the diversity of, uh, of that organization. We, I go to different meetings. I go to different awards. But uh, at the end of the day, it's only a certain group of people there, and I'm really trying mm-hmm. to fight without trying to make it an a, a issue, issue, issue of color but an issue that we be inclusive of a lot of different people. And I know a lot of people, they concentrate on sports, but I know a lot of other people concentrate on sports as well as in, with the Boy Scouts. So I see no reason why we cannot uh, uh, advance the diversity within that national organization. Right. And our beloved fraternity Alpha Phi Alpha has, has definitely been an active part and. uh, that's one of the reasons uh, I'm a proud member of that organization as well. I know you've been very active uh, within the realm of Alpha Phi Alpha. Yeah, very proud of the organization, about 40-plus uh, years of being in the organization. And I think we, we really should kind of unify. We have a lot of people out there doing I spoke, spoke to someone this morning that they're doing something that all of us could join together and become a nucleus and, and, and get some things accomplished. Right, Jeff? Great. Great. <laughs> well, Dr. Johnson and Beth, uh, I greatly appreciate you coming on the show today, carving out some time to tell us about this book. Uh, I understand you can get the book on Amazon. Is there any other place we can get it? Right now, uh, Amazon is uh, the the go-to, but if you go to Barnes & Noble, they will order it for you. The second edition will be available uh, much easier, and you can also, uh, but mainly uh, Amazon. That's probably the best place to get it right now, but uh, it will be available in local bookstores, and we're getting some real good support from uh, a couple of the, the local ones, especially Eagle Eye Indicator. Okay, great, great. Okay, well, once again, I'd like to thank you both for carving out some time to come on the show and, and tell us about uh, Steal a Soldier and, and also tell us about um, the lifelong legacy of Dr. L.C. Johnson. So uh, as I always tell my guests, uh, just because you're on once doesn't mean you can't come on again, so we hope to have you on in the near future. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another great episode of the Weekly Wellness Show. Once again, if you've missed any of this, you can go back and listen to the podcast on from our Weekly Wellness Show fan book page on Facebook. We encourage you to join us again next week. So until then, I also encourage you to be healthy, be happy, and be kind. And thank you very much for the invitation.
Get to Old Navy, two days only, today and tomorrow. Get a full 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Shorts, tees, leggings, all Old Navy active is 50% off at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 825 to 826 excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy, two days only, today and tomorrow. Get a full 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Shorts, tees, leggings, all Old Navy active is 50% off at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 825 to 826 excludes in-store clearance.